Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow men, hoping we can make it here to talk about tonight. Do you think we can make it better? And how do we do that? Well, Jesus called us to follow him. And he gave us a commission, uh, gave his disciples the commission to uh, teach everyone and disciple all nations based on uh, what he had taught them. And uh, and then he promised that uh, all authority was with him and that he would never leave us or forsake us, which is actually the best part of that. <laughs> and uh, so we're going to talk today about how we're doing uh, on this whole idea of making disciples in a time of great confusion, actually. When the church and Christianity is pretty much up for grabs, uh, what is happening? Um, where are the real disciples? How do we know who they are? And, and since we believe here at The Catch that God has called us to this as a, as a goal, to, to make disciples in the marketplace, um, how do we do that? And to help us work through that is uh, our good friend who we've had m- numerous times. He's, he's been a pastor and then a leader to pastors and then an interim pastor and then a pastor of, of counseling churches who are in trouble. Uh, he's really good at coming in and fixing Things over time, helping people to heal their wounds and get back on track with uh, what the church is. He's got an amazing, eclectic kind of ministry. We were just talking about how uh, he's he's pretty much all over the map. And uh, uh, right now, he makes his home uh, in. I hope I have this right uh, in in Texas and. Um, why can't I think of the the name of Austin, uh, Texas? <laughs> <laughs> Austin. I'm helping you, brother. It's only the capital, you know. I mean, okay. Yeah. Yes, Austin. Only Texas. the coolest place in Texas. Yeah. And joining us from Austin, Texas, as our good friend Doug Stevens. Doug, welcome to back to Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. Love being here, and I love the introduction. Um, yes, I am all over the map, and uh, I'm enjoying that. Yeah, yeah. Well, tell us. I mean, because you that's actually good from the standpoint, I think it gives you a, a finger on lots of things uh, of where we are, assessment and where the church is today, and uh, 
Uh, how are we doing making disciples? Um, what a what a huge question that is. But um, help us. Help a us huge question indeed. Yes. That. Yeah. Yeah. Help us impact well, that. Um, as you as you said, I'm involved with uh, coaching coaching pastors and involved in conversations with churches and church leaders about where they are and what they're struggling with and where they're moving forward and where they're not uh, at all certain uh, they need to go. Um, and then I get to do things like I'm the chaplain for the Williamson County Bar Association, so I hang out with lawyers and and, and others Ooh. in that profession. Uh, and then I wander around my own neighborhood because it's a fascinating, very um, uh, diverse place, of uh, people from various backgrounds and strike up conversations, and that's part of my education as well, which is continuing. It never ends, you know. Mm. So to your question, you know, how are we doing in discipling? Um, I guess we need a little bit of a definition first because, you know, what are we even yeah. talking about? Um, yeah. Discipling is more than simply um, converting someone as if we had the power to do that or, um, you know, stimulating a, a belief. Um, um, we're talking about, I mean, Jesus was talking about and, and certainly implied a total transformation of, of the person, of, of, of us, uh, turning us into the person we were always designed to be, uh, into our full humanity, really, is what um, he was after and what he was doing and what he modeled himself. And uh, how are we doing with that? Um, I think we have miles to go, and I think we are kind of confused. I think we're spinning in circles a bit because we're not sure, you know, what that means. And for me, it's it's actually pretty simple and straightforward, no matter who I'm meeting, who I'm talking to, whatever generation they're a part of, whatever their background, their culture is. Um, it's got us – it starts with um, um, expressing um, in whatever way I can God's love, which has got to be, become my love for them start with love always a great place to start and uh, suspend judgment of any kind and do a lot of listening and uh, develop maybe the art of asking questions uh, so that you can find out what's going on maybe behind the surface behind the cliches the sound bites the uh, political positions that people take um, and just sort of explore and probe in a, in a gentle in a kind way again without without judgment but just to find out you know, what's going on, and somehow creating a context, a relational context, where uh, they know that I'm interested in them, and they begin to see something in me that uh, might be intriguing to them. Hopefully, that's uh, Christ living in me. Um, and as soon as I say that, I get kind of, kind of intimidated, because I know there are ways I block him, and I, you know, my mm -hmm. own uh, self-will you know, comes up and comes out. So that's where it begins right there. You've got to set the stage. You can't launch into a lecture. Yeah. Do you find, uh, Doug, that uh, there's a, is, is there a difficulty trying to re, basically restate and recommunicate to people what a Christian is since there's just so much out there uh, politically, uh, as well as, uh, you know, various approaches to, um, to the church and to who we are as Christians, that people are so uh, all over the map. Um, and some people are very, very much against Christianity and Christ yeah. for all yeah. the wrong reasons, you know, and, uh, yeah. right. how, how do we deal with that? Uh, 
What? Well, it's, it, in my view, the 21st century is a lot like the first century. You know, we have to explain the gospel all over again. Um, and there's a lot mm. of competing, um, you know, narratives out there. And so we not only have to explain, we have to explore with people, which means um, we, we go with them as they're exploring. And what they're interested in, I'm going to be interested in, because everything has some spiritual context to it. So I want to find out about that. And if there's something appealing that they see or something that they need that they lack, um, now we can uh, open up the relevance of the gospel to all of that because because it is, you know, incredibly relevant. In fact, it's the only ultimate answer to whatever questions we might have. You know, in the 21st century, especially right now, especially in America, you know, we're living in a game show. We're living in a reality show. The rules have changed. And... um, I think of Jesus in the first century when he had to deal with um, characters like Caiaphas and Pilate and Herod, that fox, he called him, um, the emperor Augustus at the very beginning, who was uh, obviously an enemy um, to be reckoned with, and then Tiberius, you know, would have, would have represented the power of Rome. Jesus actually had very little to say about that. He was um, busy generating um, the news, uh, the, the the structure, the infrastructure of this um, this new reality called the kingdom of God, this new creation. Mm-hmm. And um, instead of debating a lot about all those other things out there, encountering every uh, bit of misinformation, uh, he made the case for himself and, uh, and this new agenda, which um, um, drew lots of people um, from lots of places. And when that doesn't happen, it means the church doesn't understand the gospel when it doesn't happen today. Um, wow. If we're just, you know, kind of selling a, or pawning off a religious institution or some kind of tradition, I mean, why would that be of interest? Um, it wasn't when I was young <laughs> at yeah. all. I was looking yeah. for something new and fresh and real and deep and um, um, authentic. And uh, I, I think uh, the next generations still are. And people coming from around the world into this country still are. And people who are fighting over all kinds of issues in this season of great conflict, I think, I think they're still looking for that, you know, does the center hold and who is holding the center and who holds it together and what is, uh, what does he have to offer us? And do we know, are we experiencing it ourselves in a way that we can then share with other mm-hmm. people? Mm-hmm. Uh, Doug, you said uh, a little while ago, this idea of go, we need to go with them. Um, I want you to talk about that some because uh, you, you mentioned that twice. Uh, also, when you were talking about um, how we need to uh, listen to people and explore, it was like you were talking about we're doing the exploring too. Tell us about that. I think we are still doing the exploring. I think, you know, a disciple is a lifelong learner. Um, and uh, if I claim I have the answers to all the questions, you know, I'm obviously fooling myself and I'm, um, you know, heading quickly into hypocrisy where I'm faking it, which which I don't want to do. So we're all the same as human beings. We all have tremendous struggles inside in terms of what is happening inside that needs to be sorted out and threats that come at, at us externally and uh, issues that we can't quite manage or don't even quite understand. And right now it is pretty confusing because the ideologies that are swirling around us, you know, are tugging in different directions and they're, and they're, and they're contradictory and they're adversarial and 
there's so much emotion heating up, you know, the, the, the conversation mm-hmm. that we can't really have conversations anymore. So we need to be the essential conversationalists, those of us who follow mm-hmm. Christ. I mean, mm-hmm. he was so amazing at that. Um, and he knew how to kind of distill um, the essence of someone's issues in their life, but to do it without um, humiliating, to expose you know, what the issues are without, you know, any ridicule or judgment or, or pushing them away or alienation. Um, it was the religious people, of course, he had trouble with because they had trouble with him because they were keeping people actually away from God. The irony of that can't be missed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, talk some more about, uh, about it. it sounds like what, well, what we talk about a lot here at The Catch we talk about uh, coming alongside, and um, yeah. to me, that's that's really, in a sense, what discipleship is, wouldn't you say? Um, we're walking alongside people, and we're walking and we're talking, uh, pretty much as Jesus did. Um, we're walking along. We're walking alongside. We're we're companions on this journey called life. Um, we're finding out about each other. I'm sharing my struggles. And by the way, in the middle of that, I'm also sharing how I'm finding help, how I have found some insight, some wisdom that helps me, um, how we really do need each other. I'm, ask, I'm actually pointing out to the other person when I discover it, I see God at work in your life. Maybe you don't even know that. Here's what I see. Here's what I appreciate. Here's the gift that I believe that you have and the gift that you are. And uh, that sometimes is a little bit shocking to people who may not claim any faith at all. But uh, huh. I want to get ahead of them in uh, in the affirming of how God is at work here. And people often respond to that because they're looking for some, you know, higher power and deeper meaning. And, uh, um, you know, that's that's tricky. And I don't want to put a label on it too soon. I'm not sure I ever want to put a label on it. It's a relationship. It's not a... Uh, a, a position or, um, you know, something you, you, some kind of word that you claim, you know, it's, it's, it's deeper than that. And p- people catch that when they sense that it's authentic coming from you. Yeah. Um, what do you think are, are people, do pe- have people changed, you know, over time? What, in other words, what are people's basic needs? Are, are those always the same or, is there something particular in this in this time in history that uh, people are really missing or needing deeply? What would you say? Well, besides from the obvious, you know, basic human needs, physical needs that we have, the food, yeah. the shelter, uh, and so on, um, income that we need. You know, there's obviously something deeper than that because we're we're creatures that are we're, we're spiritual creatures. We're in a search for for meaning and purpose in our lives. All of us are. Even if we've given up temporarily or become cynical about it, we still have a a deep, maybe secret longing for that. I think there are two basic needs that every human being has, religious or irreligious, uh, Christian or not, and that is, what am I worth and who do I trust? Mm. And they're connected, those two questions, to each other, because I I, want to know who I can trust to tell me or to reaffirm or to con- confirm that I am worth something. I need, a, I need someone to reflect that back to me. But I also need to have a sense of worth to um, have the confidence to, you know, to decide who, who it is I do trust. 
and um, who it is, you know, where I want to, you know, let, uh, be involved in, in community with. Where, where am I going in that direction? So I think those are two questions that loom large and are difficult to answer. And there's lots of discouraging um, information coming at us that says, well, I don't know that I'm worth very much. And so, of course, then we can either fall into self-loathing or self-aggrandizement, you know, trying to compensate mm -hmm. for that. Mm -hmm. Um, or mm -hmm. who do we trust? Well, we live in a world that actually encourages paranoia because I, I don't know who we can trust. You know, everything's right. all of our idols have fallen. Uh, let's start with that first one. Um, how can how reference can earlier? Call, yeah, how, what am I worried? He's been given to me. Uh -huh. And, and right. by the way, his authority is the authority of someone who 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 gives himself, who serves, who loves like nobody loves, who even sacrifices himself. And I can trust somebody whose agenda is, you know, to, to lift me up. I mean, who else has that kind of um, motivation and motivates me to respond? Um, so that's we, – we can, we can talk about Christ then from the standpoint of trusting him because of his self-sacrifice uh, on our behalf. Is that part of it? I mean, I mean every, almost every other authority I know in my life is going trying to use me to build them up. Yeah. And I'm I'm helping them enrich themselves or empower themselves mm. or whatever it is that I'm doing. Too many times, the uh, so-called servant leader who is a wonderful ideal we don't see that very much, and right now is not in favor. It's it's not really uh, what we're looking at when we look at the political scene or other places, even even in religious settings we don't always see that. But Jesus sets a different model for us that's so revolutionary that when you see it, it's like, can this be true? This seems too good to be true. It kind mm -hmm. of knocks, you know, kind of knocks you out. Now, I'm going to just throw in a kind of a sidebar here. I'm, I've become a big fan of a TV series called The Chosen. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen it, John. No, um, I haven't. But it's 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 catching the attention of a lot of people, Christians and non-Christians, believers and unbelievers who are seeing Jesus as that kind of person that you'd like to spend time with, who has such a, 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 a deep and authentic concern for people and um, is constantly concerned about the person who's – and they end up sharing things they never intended to share. And in the middle of that, then comes the healing and comes the insight and comes the, the transformation, almost, almost – um, um, shocking in the way that it comes to a person who's not, not you know, at least they would claim they're not looking for it right now. They're not expecting that, but we're all we all looking for it way down deep. We're looking for that love. Hmm. Well, have to check that out. Um, yeah. Your, your first, your first question. That was there. not a paid endorsement, by the way. No, just, I know. It's just spontaneous. <laughs> um, your first question: What I, what am I worth? How can, we help, how can we help people with that one? I think the way we treat people tells them they're worth something to us. Mm. And uh, I, I hope that through that kind of expression, however we're doing that, it has to be demonstrated, it has to be spoken. We have to spend time and effort and interest in people. Um, they kind of wonder where that comes from. And again, the source of that, I believe, is my understanding that um, this person I'm talking to, whoever they are, and whatever problems they might have, and however unappealing they might be, might be to me in that moment, they're worth everything to God. Hmm. Hmm. 
is the expression of that. And the way he accumulates people, collects people who are um, on the, you know, on the fringes and uh, who are rejected by everybody else, you know, sort of proves that that really is God's agenda. This thing called mercy, which is uh, in short supply in our world, you know, is, is central in the kingdom of God, central value. So the way we treat people uh, is hugely important then. That we take them seriously, that they matter to us. And if they matter to us, uh, why is that? Well, it, because you matter to God, because your creator values you and has spared no expense to find you. Now, I don't necessarily have to say all of that at first, but I have to prove that yeah. I believe that by the way I treat that person. And discipleship is already beginning in those moments. I'm not waiting till someone signs on the dotted line, whatever that means, or joins some organization. I'm not so concerned about that. I want to begin right where you are, and I want to lift you up, and I want to call you into a new version of reality that you haven't considered yet, and that is a place where, where, where love is the rule. And we don't live in a place like that very often. Yeah, yeah. Boy, Doug, you go you go back to when we were, uh, well, at least when I I was younger, and I think you probably will remember this. I was once younger too, John. Yes, <laughs> right there with you, man. So, you know, back to uh, uh, basic youth com- conflicts and Bill Gothard, when every answer was in a book somewhere. Or you could go to a three-day seminar. Or, here's yeah. the deal, if you wanted to disciple somebody, there were you would find somebody's discipleship program, whether it was a book or it was a notebook with three reminders so you could add your own stuff inside. <laughs> there were these guides that we just went to like crazy, and this was going to do it. And these were the seven things that you really need to pass on to somebody if you're going to disciple them is there any uh, is there anything to that anymore or it seems like what you're talking about is much more organic and it, it's just it kind of morphs out of our relationship with people rather than anything you're going to get out of a book well i hope it's much more relational organic um um, incarnational in the sense that, mm-hmm. you know, this is life touching life. That's, that's how we learn something. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's contagious in that way. Um, it, uh, you know, statements that are, you know, written and then put into a workbook um, are already suspect. Uh, the, the program, you know, the program sort of bleeds the life and the passion out of it very often. I'm not yeah. saying that they're worthless. I'm just saying that mm-hmm. everything is relational in the gospels. Uh, and, um, you know, it's, it's so frustrating. You're reading the gospels, for example, and Jesus is starting to teach, but somebody interrupts him. They always interrupt him. They ask a question, they heckle him, they challenge him. Um, there's some disturbance. There's some person who's sick that suddenly needs attention. There's somebody who's under the spell of evil and they, you know, they cry out and we don't even get the rest of the, of, of the talk. We don't get the rest of the message. Our notepads are not filled up. Because Jesus is interruptible, because he's he's responding uh, to, to to real people in the real moment, and and we learn so much more by paying attention, you know, to what's going on right in front of us, than uh, something kind of abs- abstract and idealized. That's wow. all hypothetical. Yeah. This is real. Yeah, that's beautiful. 
I love that. Um, but uh, what about this? You know, I get worried that, uh, you know, millennials or Gen X, or no, less Gen Z, I guess it is now, and keep working your way down. Um, yeah. It seems like uh, uh, younger Christians um, are not growing up like we did. I mean, they're not growing up with much knowledge of the Bible uh, or a Christian worldview. Most of most of them, uh, through research, over half of them believe that uh, we are all born basically good. So, you know, it's like the very beginning of the the the, the fall in Genesis is is not has not been communicated to be. There's so many basic truths about the world and about humanity and our human nature that don't seem to have been communicated. What what do we do about that? Do you ever feel helpless in, in a way in face of that? No, I I'm sort of humored by that. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure that's the response you wanted. Yeah. I, yeah. I sort of you know I'm I'm sort of under, under my breath. I'm chuckling a bit because. Um, Jesus was not a systematic theologian. Now, he had all the answers, obviously. I believe he had all mm-hmm. the answers. Um, but he, um, he wandered a lot when he was teaching because he was teaching mm-hmm. to the context. He was teaching to the person. He was teaching to the situation he was in. And so if you put it all together, you'll have a big picture. But along the way, you're, kind of, you're on this journey constantly. Mm-hmm. So... Um, you 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 learn it's kind of on a need to know basis and what are you open to learning and what are you capable of learning at this moment and what are you interested in let's go there it's it's dictated in many ways by the student even with Jesus himself you know he's using analogies and metaphors he's telling parables that relate to their world and uh, we're trying to put people you know into some other world or some other place or into my experience because I'm excited about something I have to tell you about but I haven't really connected with you yet. And so communication, obviously, if it's not two-way, if it doesn't engage the other person, then it doesn't matter whether it's right or wrong, the truth is going to get spilled and, and lost. Wow. Um, got to be some kind I of rapport that. developed here. Yeah, I love that. Can, can you, by any chance, I, this, this might be a little hard to pull out of a hat, but could you give us maybe a, an example of Jesus doing that? Uh, well, I think, he's, I think that's, that's what he's always doing. I mean, um, the, you know, we have the Sermon on the Mount, which is the, kind of the longest, you know, you know sustained yeah. message that he gives. And even then he's wandering into all kinds of little crevices of, of issues. It's, it's not systematic. It's not linear. Um, and it's hard hitting when he starts talking about, uh, so you haven't murdered anybody? Have you ever hated anybody? You ever harbored mm. hate? And uh, in your heart, and the answer has to be yes. Nobody's answering. Everybody's really quiet out there, kind of speechless. Um, you've never committed adultery. Uh, some of you haven't, um, but probably you've uh, fallen into lust. Some of you guys out there is 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 that a problem? Is that are you creating problems for women? Uh, as a matter of fact, you are. And now we get really quiet here. Um, are you reliable? Do you keep your promises? When you say yes, do you mean yes? When you say no, do you mean no? Um, are you a man of integrity, a person of integrity? And, uh, and, and there he is. I mean, he's, he's leaving questions suspended um, in, in midair because 
um, he wants hmm. us to answer. He forces us, you know, to take inventory yeah. about where we really are. And, um, and, the, and the very things we want from others, are we giving those things away? Are we forgiving others, um, even though they don't deserve it? But as it turns out, we don't either. And so, um, you know, what are the rules of this game? Because God changes the rules completely. Everything is transactional in this world, but it, it's different. It's unconditional in the kingdom of God. Wow. So constantly. And Jesus is on his way to heal somebody, and he gets interrupted by a woman who's got a question, and she's, you know, sneaking up on him. And and he's on his way somewhere else, and here's a guy hiding in a tree, and, you know, he calls him down. People are, are scandalized by that because it's Zacchaeus, the tax collector, and we hate those guys, you know, they're ripping us mm-hmm. off. And Jesus goes to his house and never, ever challenges him about his profession, which is questionable, shady, to say the least. <laughs> and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, because he has established this rapport, because he's over, you know, he's, he's, he's sharing his amazing hospitality with Zacchaeus. He's, he's loving him right where he is. And all of a sudden, Zacchaeus says, if I've ripped anybody off, I'll pay him back four times. Where did that come from? Oh. Well, there's, there's something powerful in the encounter. There's something wow. irresistible about this love. Uh, who pays attention to Zacchaeus? You know, he's um, you know he's a loser to say the least in that world. Oh, wow! And and, and Jesus is always right there uh, on the spot. He delays going to his friend Lazarus, who's dying, and and will in fact die before Jesus gets there because Jesus delays. What in the world? Well, he's on his own agenda, and you don't understand everything that he's doing until you read to the end of the story and. Jesus is there. He's with the mourners, and he's weeping along with them. And people recognize his great love for um, for his friend Lazarus. And then <laughs> turns around and raises him back to life again. So much shock in the stories if you're if you're reading them fresh. Oh boy! Whoa! Oh, Doug went fast. I knew it was going to go fast. Um, I know. I know. <laughs> but I just love how you think We should keep going <laughs> I love how you uh, uh, It's just You know I guess I get frustrated Because we always You know our our institutions Our churches Our seminaries We always want to get it down You know we want to, we want to push it into a book We want to get it into an outline uh, we want to be to sit down and take notes, and uh, it's just looking not that. for the formula. That yeah. is it. No, it's much more personal. It's much more powerful than that. Yeah, but you yeah. also, in order to do the things you're talking about, Doug, I mean, you you've got to go deeper. You and and you have to understand people, and and you have to truly care for them, and and. Uh, uh, you know, how, how, how can we get better at this? Uh, well, I mean, the simple, the, the simple thought that I have at the moment is immerse yourself yeah. in the gospels yeah, and so. reacquaint yourself with this, with this man of the man of mystery and man of majesty and, and, and find out about him. And then, and then just spend time with people without an agenda and just let it flow. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, you know, invite, invite the very presence of God who promises to be there with you and, uh, and go with him and go with him and you'll, you'll love it. You'll, you'll see, you'll see miracles happen. Wow. That's the way it, the that, way it goes. That, 
Fantastic. And and that's, you know, that's the answer to the question we started with. You know, how do we how do we teach everybody what he taught us? Well, that's what you're saying. Yeah. He he taught us by the way not just the things he said. It's not a, a bunch of concepts and as you say systematic theology or these things. No, it it's also he taught us by what he did and how he did it and how he lived and how he cared yeah, for people. Such, we got to really right, pay attention. Right. Wow. Yep. That's exactly. wonderful. Well, Doug, this was rich. Thank you so much. And always uh, John, thank you. We'll keep it going. We'll have you back for sure. <laughs> All right, thank man. You. And God bless you. You take care. Okay. Okay. You too. Thanks. John. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. How was that, everybody? That was good. Yeah. Grab this one. Listen to it again. Two or three times. You you know what this was? This was reading between the lines. This whole interview. Okay? So, uh, pay attention. That's the way we're going to disciple in the marketplace. We're going to walk with people we're going to care for them we're going to let them know they have worth by the way we treat them we're going to let them know who they can trust by the reality of who we can trust we're going to live basically uh, our love that Christ has given us live that love out to others and we're going to go where they are we're going to listen to them we're going to explore along with them because we haven't got it all ourselves it's not a bunch of information we're giving it's a relationship that we're learning to represent and to care for people good stuff God bless you Come back next week. There's more. There's more where this came from. God bless you. Take care. And thanks again, Doug Stevens.